This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wilfred Zahar looking like Palace's most likely creator of something this evening. See the stars of tomorrow. Today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace from Sellers Park in the Under-21 Development League. Plays it up the line to Alessandri. Alessandri now at half one. Down again. all sorts of trouble with his control, isn't he, Alessandri? Live commentary from all home development games. Only on Homestale Radio. Live commentary. Palace seem to have shored things up now. Don't look like they're going to concede any time soon. I'm, I'm ready to eat my words on that one. And it's Robinson. Robinson into Dorjan. He finds Eccleston again. So again, a lot of the ball, but he's not really doing anything out there, Eccleston, I don't find. But he's back to Dorjan, who chips a lovely ball into the middle. And Michael Ngu has scored. Great ball defending, you have to say. 3-1 Liverpool. Live interviews. You know, I know it's not as sexy for the fans as us saying, oh, we paid, you know, 800 grand to somebody. But often they're signing on fees with free transfers. There's, you know, there are fees. They're just not transfer fees. Expert analysis. It's all gone a bit Fifty Shades of Grey, isn't it? It has, yeah. yeah <laughs> he takes the pepper grinder from the kitchen cupboard, <laughs> places it on the chair, and lowers himself onto it gently. <laughs> Well, most of the time, anyway. Homestale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 999. That's 0203 4755 999. Good evening. Oh, that's ridiculous. Good evening and welcome. To Homestale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and I'll be hosting our review of the last seven days for Palace. Um, helping me do so today are Ben Nagel and Nick Gillard. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Good evening. Hello. Yes, yes. Good to have you on board. Uh, we'll be getting their thoughts and opinions throughout the rest of the show, uh, whether we like it or not. And um, also joining us today is Alex White in the Communications Hub. Hello, Alex. Hello. All right. Yeah, I'm good. You? Yeah, delighted. Things have been going so well, haven't they, behind the scenes? Um, (laughs) Alex will be organising your tweets, uh, which you can send to at Whole Radio, which is H-O-L Radio, to be precise. Uh, Or you can email us, radio at homestyle.net. Alternatively, you also can give us a call. It's uh, 0203 
four seven double five nine nine nine. Uh, you can press one to come straight through to us, or two to leave us a voicemail. Uh, a quick rundown of what we've got for you today. There's a quick roundup of the week news with our regular news in brief feature. We'll talk in detail about our win against Bolton yesterday afternoon. Up at the Reebok, our first win at the Reebok, in fact. Uh, we will look ahead at the, uh, to the games against Wolves on Tuesday night and Burnley on Saturday. And uh, we'll be getting through all of your communication from the week and tonight. Um, I am ju- and, Well, first up, we're going to be talking to rapper, actor, screenwriter and comedian Doc Brown, Doc, who is also a, uh, a um, committed Palace fan. And I believe he's just joined the call now. Um, yes. Hello, mate. You all right? Hello. How you doing? Oh. Yeah, not too bad at all. Well, you're on live straight away. That's, uh, wow, okay. Well, hello, everybody. Mm. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? All right? There we go. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, everyone's uh, everyone's doing really well responding to your good evening there. Um, two of them <laughs> haven't said a word, and Nick Nick is on some sort of a delay somewhere. But, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cope as best we can. Anyway, we'll try not to keep you too long, mate, but we'll go straight into cool. questions, if we may. Fine. Yeah, um, no Nice one. Obviously, thank you for for doing this. Is the first hey, thing. Um, pleasure. Uh, obviously, your your stage name is Doc Brown, uh, yeah. also known as Ben Smith. Do you still go to, as Ben to your friends and family? Uh yeah. Well, depending on who. I mean, my mum, my brother call me Doc. My sister calls me Ben. You know what I mean, so it's a bit of a mix. It always has been. I've been Doc since I was like fifteen, so uh, I've oh. kind of got two names. I really hope it is from Back to the Future. But what 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 is the basis of that nickname? Well, I guess it partly is obviously because uh, it is it is that name. There's no way of avoiding it. But the, uh, the sort of birth of it was just I was just being a bit of a know-it-all in school, I guess, and I was I was a bit of a nerd as well. That's where the dot came from, and I just I guess Brown just grew organically from there. When I started battling as a rapper, I just, mm. just used used my nickname. It was just the most natural thing in the world to do at the time, I suppose. All right. Did you um? Did you want to be um, Dr. Octagon first, but had to go for Doc Brown because that had been taken? <laughs> well, I didn't think about it in rap terms, really. I just, you know, I, in, in my eyes, in the rap world, it was always a bit frowned upon to sort of give yourself a name. And you could always tell the people who had done because they were always called things like Shinobi the Destroyer and stuff like that. <laughs> you just feel like, come on, bruv. You know, so it, it just made sense to use the name that people called me. So I didn't really think about it deeper than that. And then, like yeah. in later years, people are like, "Oh, what does your name mean? What's this?" It doesn't really mean anything. There's no, there's no depth to it whatsoever. I wish there were. You, you, you mentioned your, your sister in there. Uh, obviously, your sister's Zadie Smith, the author. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, and you've you've got the nickname Doc. So, you come from an intelligent family, I guess. So, uh, where, where did you know what? What's the sort of reasoning behind that? Do you reckon what what sort of spurred you you guys on to being so successful? It's it's weird. I, I don't really know. I mean, b- both our parents are. Uh, Dropout school leavers. Uh, my dad at thirteen, my mum at sixteen. You know, so no academic history in the family, no real creative history that we know of. I think it was just like having very encouraging parents. They weren't pushy really because they hadn't achieved at academic levels themselves. So and they they were just like, look, if you're into this, go for it. You know. Mm. And I was always into like dicking around and push, excuse me, messing around and then performing. No, no, you feel free. Uh, and, uh, to sweat. Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> my my sister was always into fucking reading. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So they, you know, they just encouraged us. You know, it was like I guess some parents would be like, you know, you've got to get this grade in science, this grade in math. Uh, my parents didn't have that reference point, so they were a bit like, oh, they saw us being into something. They were like, hey, just go for it. You know. And, 
You yeah. just sort of started oh. from there. Oh, nice one. Uh, Nick? Yeah, but uh, touching, touching on the rap, what sort of era did you come through when you started noticing rap music? Was it kind of as uh, early as Public Enemy or before then, or was it a bit Yeah, later? it was as early as that. It was through my sister initially. Um, yeah. Around when I, was, when I was really little, when I was like sort of 10, 11, we used, to, we used to get like a pound pocket money a week, and we'd go, there was a record shop in... Uh, in in Wilsdon in Northwest London, we used to we used to go to it every Saturday, and the 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 the, the seven inch singles were like ninety nine p each, so we just buy what was ever in the charts, and yeah. we both started to get a real liking for. There's a lot of British music out at that time that had like these cool breakbeats to them, like eight oh eight state and stuff like that, and some yeah, of um, yeah. Fatboy Slim before he was Fatboy Slim, and um, uh, also Fine Young Cannibals. They they all had these like breakbeats we really liked, and then she brought home this. Um, Queen Latifah record featuring De La Soul and that was the first I'd heard so that was like 89, 90 you know yeah. and I was like I said I was like 11, 12 years old and um, but it did interest me man and uh, from there I was always into loads of different music but there was always I always had a soft spot for rap and then when I became a testosterone filled teenager that was it you know it was just like this is the music for me mm-hmm. but yeah it probably started from De La um, NWA uh, Digital Underground that kind of era. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you watch that, your, like, classics yeah. and that, yeah. I was going to say, for those that sort of don't know, you, 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 they went pretty far, your rap career, didn't they? It wasn't just like a, a flash in the pan before you became a comedian, was it? Sort of- yeah, no, for real. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I, I did my thing underground for, for a while. I started battling probably sort of 2002, something like that, and I made a name for myself. There's a, there's a battle that still goes on today called the Jump Off. I was involved in that in the early stages. I was a, I was a, a three-time champion. Uh, crown was taken by Professor Green. Uh, people mm-hmm. don't really know this stuff because it's pre-YouTube, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, amazing. And uh, through through there, I just sort of kind of made a little name for myself. Started putting out music, sort of 2005. Um, my own stuff independently. Spent some time signed up as well to to, to yeah. Sony. Uh, and then I, I joined a band. I was in a band with Mark Ronson for a couple of years. So, like, uh-huh. you know, I, I did my thing, man. I worked with some impressive people. I toured with De La Soul, you know. Yeah. I, 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 a lot of my rap dreams came true before uh, I moved into comedy. So, yeah. Oh, right. So, that I mean, that switch into comedy. I mean, well, Ben's, Ben's written our first set of questions, and he, and he referred to it as a drastic career change. And I think he's right, and a lot of people view yeah. it that way. Um well, at least it does seem that way. I've got a sort of a follow-up to that. But, but first sure. of all, what, what, what made you sort of make that switch? Well, um, first of all, it wasn't a conscious decision. Uh, I had um, I'd come off tour with, with, with Ronson and I, was, I was, found myself in a little bit of a, I don't know, sort of, a sort of limbo, really. I, I, I kind of didn't know where to go with, with rap now that I'd tasted. It's like, it's like Smokey Robinson lyric. He says, a taste of honey is worse than none at all. And I'd sort of had a taste of like the real big time, you know, in that band. We we had Amy Winehouse in that setup, Lily Allen, you know, it was it was a big deal. And then going back to underground rap, I found it quite difficult. So I, yeah. I sort of opted out, and I ha- had a kid on the way as well. And I just thought, you know what, this might actually be the day that I just stop pissing around and get a proper job. I actually <laughs> get a real genuine job. So I'd, I'd I'd applied for a couple of jobs, and I had an interview with the FA. Um, to to uh, to be a spokesman for Kick It Out, oh, um, really? I was quite excited about that, and because I, I thought you know it's lots of things I'm interested in, football, re- anti-racism, you know, 
And I thought, yeah, there's, there's an element of performance being a spokesperson. I thought, yeah, I could mature into this. I could become a grown man doing this. Yeah. You know? Um, but- and it was... It was literally in the waiting, wait, while I was waiting for that, I got a phone call from a dude that I used to know who worked at Radio 1, and he'd moved into script writing, and he'd written a sitcom for Lenny Henry, and he asked me to come and have a look at some of the scripts, and I ended up being employed as a script consultant on this Lenny Henry sitcom, and that's how I started. I started off as a writer in comedy for like a year before I started doing stand-up. Oh wow, that's I mean that's yeah. well, that's not that common, a, a move. I'm a big, you know, I'm a big not, fan of, of comedy cool. myself, but it's... Um, I mean, one one similarity I would say in, in sort of both comedy and rap is that cer- certainly some performers, n- not all, I suppose, but they use their performance to make sort of uh, some political or social commentary, something like that. So, I mean, is there a yeah. is there a conscious yeah. effort to do that? I mean, obviously, your one of your most famous uh, um, comedy songs, the, the racist song, is that lampoons certain mm. attitudes to race, and it, you know, obviously, it's hilariously yeah, funny. But definitely. there's a there's a social commentary there as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm I'm not Bill Hicks, do you know what I'm saying? I'm not Mark Thomas, and I I don't really want to be. I don't. I I, res- I really respect and I like guys who are able to do that 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 social commentary stuff and the political stuff. But I, I'll be real, like I just I'm not that well read when it comes to news, <laughs> and you know, I, yeah. I want to be I want to be a polit- political activist and all that stuff. But I just can't be asked to do the reading. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so and, yeah. and also, I just I, I, I like my comedy to be a bit of escapism. I like to have a point, a serious point there, but I don't like to labour it. I prefer mm. it to feel just like entertainment. So you know, there's points to be made there, but I just try and get like just don't get too heavy with it. I think that's my well, thing. You know. Well, like, on, well, on on that subject, one of the so, one of the things I wanted to discuss with you is your tea song. Um, yeah, you've got a very set way of no, making. That is that is serious. I mean, uh, <laughs> <all> the- <laughs> <laughs> I listen. You've got a very set way of doing it, and I do agree. All right, but I have to say yeah. that the yeah. sugar, the sugar situation. Surely the sugar can go in at the same time as the tea bag before the water. You know, yeah. I, that's. I mean, I don't know. I, I, maybe I've got that wrong. I I didn't want to upset you in any way. I but. have that song. Created, that song. No, no, listen. That song has created debate. That song has created debate across the world, and it's, it's insane. Every single day, online or in person, people come up to me or whatever. Every single day, I have to I have to sort of back my way of making it. It's really is it, you know, I wrote it as an insult. I was in a studio session with my um, engineer and mm. uh, and also producer who, who who produces co produces all the music for all the songs I make, and he just makes a shocking cup of tea. And I was I was so, I was so pissed <laughs> off. In this little break between recording sessions, I just wrote a, I wrote a song really quickly, just cussing him. So all it was was a sort of private joke at him, really. And I just didn't yeah. I just didn't think that it would touch the whole of the UK and then and beyond. You know, it's, yeah. it's it's nuts. But yeah, I mean, but between me and you and whoever else is listening, you know, like the the actual step by step way of doing it in there, I'm not I'm not that rigid. I'll be real, I'm not that rigid. My main thing is what I would tell anybody who's going to make me a cup of tea: just make it strong. Milky, one sugar. That's it. I don't really care how you make it. As long as it tastes strong and milky with one sugar, then I'm good. All right. That's fair enough. I'm happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let Ben speak now. Ben? <laughs> yeah, we've, we've spoken about two different career paths in, in comedy and in the Ooh, rap. you're breaking up. I've lost you there. Yeah, you sounded a bit strange there. Um, I'll go get Ben's our resident stuff. darling. Sorry, I've lost you there. You're you still there, mate. Bit, can, can, uh, yeah, I'm still, I just didn't hear the question. Can you hear me all right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, we've spoken about two different career paths with the rap and then the comedy. Um, yeah. TV and film is something that you're quite 
uh, what you're into as well. So I understand you work quite closely with Ricky Gervais. Am I right in saying that you, you even opened for him on a couple of dates in Norway? Yeah, that's, so, that's, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, that like? I mean, uh, just, just an incredible experience. It, it came about, we had, we had a mutual friend who'd been trying to get him to watch me on tape for like a couple of years and just that never, never sort of happened. And eventually he actually got him to sit down and watch me and he watched like a... Through Russell Howe, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was through um, just a mutual friend of ours, a guy called Matthew, and um, uh, and he watched he watched me on. Oh, some bits and pieces here, there, and and uh, and uh, he just you know he, he was just taken by it, I guess, and he called me up directly, called my phone, and I was just like, Jesus, this is I'm talking to Ricky Gervais, I'm talking to in my my mind, in my heart of hearts, you know, the, a game changer, a guy who changed comedy in this country, you know. A king of comedy, you could say, and uh, yeah, he asked me if I'd want to come out on the road with him. I was like, of course, man. <laughs> what? So we we did we did a couple of dates, and he saw me live, and from there he just pulled me to one side and he said, "We need to do something together." And then the next thing I know, you know, I'm at his house and we're you know we're talking TV projects. It's nuts, bro. It's nuts. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, sorry, Nick, you're up next. I was about to so, steal um, your question. You said about uh, writing for TV. You've, you've starred in quite a few, um, or, or been in quite a few um, TV programs, including you and yep. Um Did you realise at the time how big that was going to be? I mean, it was. What was it? Third, uh, was that the third series by then? Yeah, I mean, it, it was like you say. It was the third series. I, I had. I was very, very well aware of how big it was. Um, but at the same time, I just saw it as a little job. So I kind of, I had an awareness of how big the series was. But I just thought, you know, this is a little thing I'm doing. I'll make it as funny as I can and move on. You know. Uh, what's mad is that however many years ago that was like three years ago I'm still to this day like I get stopped in the street because of that like that it really is like yeah. that show is huge man and it really touched everyone the in betweeners I think and it was so popped. true so yeah. true I mean I I watched with, with my hands over my face some of it because I'd yeah. done the same bloody thing it's yeah school you know, man it hasn't been to school yeah in so it's like <laughs> it's just a beautiful thing but yeah no, I'm really proud to have been involved in it and to have you know, just had a cameo that I stand by today and think, yeah, that's funny, you know. Um, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's legacy, isn't it? It's not, I, I, I don't know if people notice, but I just try to only be involved in stuff that I personally quite I rate, do you know what I mean? Like the rest who are, who the are your comedy heroes then, Doc? Um, probably my biggest, probably Ronnie Barco is my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was raised on, on porridge and open all hours and two runnies. My dad was a big, big fan, so I used to watch all that stuff. Um, just just classic British comedy, really. I, I watched stuff before I was old enough to understand it, and I, I, I didn't realise then how much, it, what a benefit it would be to me today. I never really watched stand-up or anything. I was never into stand-up before I started doing it. But in terms of situation comedy and comic writers, I was... There, I had such a good education as a kid. I, I watched stuff like Reggie Perrin, um, uh, like, like like I say, Porridge was was a, a huge, huge one for me. Monty Python, just loads of British stuff, man. Hancock's Half Hour that was a big one for me as well. And my my dad used to have all this stuff on vinyl as well. So he used to listen to it. So I was really into the the words and the rhythm of comedy as a very young kid. I also watched like all the Marx Brothers as well when I was really young. Yeah, you know. So I had I had a very sophisticated comic education courtesy of my dad who is also the same reason that i'm a, a palace fan as well so i got i got a lot of lot from him good and bad 
Yeah. Jumping back to the in-betweeners really quickly, obviously a couple yeah. of those are, are Palace fans. Was there any chat about that on set? And obviously Blake Harrison's no, no, a Millwall it, fan. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it didn't come up because we didn't. We didn't make that connection. So it's a shame that right. it didn't happen at the time. Uh, which, which ones are which ones are Palace fans? I've been told this Blake. before. Oh no, sorry. Oh, Blake's a Millwall. Blake's a Millwall fan. Sorry, and then he was Millwall. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's Millwall. And there's Simon, Simon Bird, and uh, Thomas are Palace fans. Interesting. There's there's a lot of us when it comes to comics. I mean, Simon Simon. Well, I don't know if he does anymore, but he did do a bit of stand up. There's just a lot of us who. Ronnie Corbett, mate, is a Palace. Corbett, fan. yeah. Now Corbett, I have met and have talked Palace with. Met him in Edinburgh once. It's uh, quite a surreal moment. <laughs> yeah, there's there's all sorts like you say you've got Sean Hughes um, yeah. obviously Joe Brown Kev Day and Kevin Day um, there's more there's, oh my brain's uh, going, Chris Hamblin that's it Holly Walsh yeah. Holly Walsh Mark Steele <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> that's right there's a no, it must it, it must say something about uh, the kind of psyche of a Palace fan I guess but there we go um, yeah, yeah. I you laugh you pray <laughs> that's it yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely mate um, obviously moving moving on now you're, you're, um, you're in a new BBC drama starting yep. Thursday in fact Thursday yeah um, called Hunted uh, written mm. by the people who wrote Spooks uh, an eight-parter yep. mm-hmm. um, it does seem a bit more serious and, a, and a, obviously a diversion for something you've done so um, it's, it's completely serious <laughs> there's, there's yeah. no, no, no laughs courtesy of me in this series so, ah. so yeah, it's, it's a big challenge um, you know but Acting is something I, I really, really enjoy. I mean, I want to get into it as much as possible. And if that means a straight role, then it means a straight role. If it means a comic role, it means a comic role. To me, you know, uh, I'm not someone who was born of or in comedy. So therefore, I feel, you know, I feel the, the perfect, perfect flexibility to to go back and forth. You know, yeah. Um, sure. I don't, don't think I've got that burden of me on me yet of being like a superstar comedian. I'm not. I'm not there. So. I think might as well experiment while I can. Yeah, is there a chance that this might, do you think, might become the thing that you're best known for so people will stop coming and talking to you about <laughs> the in-betweeners and, you know, might give you a bit of a break from it? I don't know. To be honest, I don't mind. There's some days There's some days when it's really irritating, you know, when you're just trying to, I don't know, where you're you're drunk and you're, you know, you're pissing up against a wall or something, and, you know, and someone goes, hey, in between us, do you know what I mean? Or, like, sometimes it's annoying, but on the whole, it's like, that's the sacrifice you make, you know, yeah. getting into this world. And this is what I really want to do, so therefore I just have to deal with it. So I don't really mind. If if if, 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 I, if I go from here to some big Oscar in a movie and people still come up to me going, oh, can you roll this up for me, mate? I don't be really <laughs> going to mind. Because that just means you did something to touch people, you know? Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Well, I'm conscious of the time, so let's <laughs> we'll move on a bit, Get talk, start talking Palace. Early. Yeah. How many games do you get to, mate? Do you, and are you happy with performances I, at the moment? I mean, this season is fascinating. It really is. I, I try and get to as many as I can per season, but I rarely do more than like ten games a season. Yeah, try and fit in a couple of away ones in there if I can. Um, but it's hard. Got- you know, I, got, I got I got my kids, and I got a job that involves a lot of travelling, so it is tricky. But I'm always disappointed if I've, I've gone to less than ten at least, because you yeah. know I, I, I spread out throughout the season as well, so I can. Give a have a real sense of how we've been doing because mm. I don't think you can really tell just from being on websites and stuff like that. You need yeah. to be in the thick of it. And like last season, I was at I was at, I was um I was at Old Trafford, you know, uh, and just experiencing that. I was just so glad that I I took a punt and went up there, you know, because it was obviously it was just such a such a pinnacle of the season. And and I've been lucky in that respect. I have been to classic games in each of the. The, the last few seasons, I was up at Hillsborough when we when we stayed up on the last stage. You know what I mean, yeah. so it's like just classic days. Um, 
but yeah, this season I think the the first three four games, obviously, you know, we only got dumped out of the cup as well with Preston. Mm. You know, there, there was a lot of there was even Doogie from from a few from a few uh, few Palace fans, which I thought a bit bit shocking. But <laughs> to, to to a to an ardent football watcher, it was clear in my mind that we had like a bunch of new guys, and we'd lost a, a, a you know. Big name, big players for us: Scannell, Klein, Ambrose. It, we, we were never going to just come out the block swinging, were we? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, uh, yeah. There was no, a just happening. No, just, just on I me mean, on that so, that that sort of topic. I mean, you can understand where people were getting nervous, can't you? But it yeah. just seemed to get hysterical really quickly, and I, I've not seen that from Palace <laughs> fans before. I really haven't. It really did, man. You know, I, I just thought, hold on, what are you not expecting, man? You, you've been watching too much flipping transfer window nonsense on Sky Sports over the summer or That's something, it. man. Just relax. This is yep. Palace, you know? I blame uh, uh, the Rovers for my false, false expectations. Melchester really. <laughs> <laughs> always came through, didn't they? But, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Good observation, Nick. Um, ben, I think you're up next, mate. Yeah, you mentioned about your dad getting you to supporting Palace. Is that? Yeah. Do you want to, can you tell us a little bit more about how that happened? How you start supporting Palace? Yeah. Uh, well, my dad grew up in in uh, in and around Beckenham and uh, Croydon area, and um, he was he, yeah he he grew up a Palace fan. He he had a son from a previous marriage. My older brother is also a stalwart Palace fan, living over in Dublin. Um, so I just kind of inherited them. It's weird because I grew up in in Northwest London. My local team was QPR. The game I ever went to was was QPR Liverpool, and that was a you know a really intense experience. I remember being right down at the front and seeing John Barnes come over and take a throw on, and be, being close enough to touch him, you know, uh, and, and and just thought that was the day that I proper just thought this game, I'm just going to be obsessed with this for the rest of my life. However, I didn't feel any kinship towards QPR, which is strange. Um, it was. It wasn't until I went to Selhurst, uh, ninety. It was the nineteen ninety one season. So we actually we were quite good as well. <laughs> um, so when people ask me why, I, I usually say oh, it was a bit, of, a bit of a glory supporter. Do you know what I mean? We won, <laughs> won, won the cup, finished third in the league and stuff. You know, we we were right then. That's it. The uh, one time you could be a glory supporter of yeah. Palace, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. The, it's the age I was. I was. I was right. It was time to pick a team, and 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 we we were really really good. Um, also, from a sort of there was there was lots of attractions to be honest. When I when I look back, apart from just the, the family connection, I, 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 the kit was just awesome and and still is, you know, just so iconic. And and also from a from an ethnic minority point of view, Palace we, you always had a real strong, you know, spine of black players who were you know good performers as well, man, mm. and and mm. some legendary black players when you think about it. Like, obviously, right and bright, but also. You know, you think about Solarco and Shaw and uh, and, and Andy Gray, and, yeah, and, yeah. and the, the one who really stuck in my mind as a kid was um, was was the Ninja Man. Like that, it, there was something enigmatic about him. Yeah, with that no, headband, you know, he just seemed it. like I, I felt like he would he he didn't talk. I felt like he he never spoke. Like you'd never hear his voice. <laughs> he was like this this, this um... shadowy character who just did his own thing. He's like a maverick in my mind. <laughs> it was. It's like he a was um... favorite player. A prototype football stick, isn't he? Really, he just yeah. does what he has to do, and that's Never it. Eyes. Just did, yeah, <laughs> did a good job, got out of there. Yeah, yeah you, totally, you yeah. just spoke about all those different Palace players. Do you have like an all-time favourite, or, or is it just a mix, random mixture of, of all different ones? Uh, yeah, it's a good question, man. 
so, we've had so many great characters and you know i wish i, I just got some t-shirts printed up for me by a company called cult, cult zeros this week yeah, and i saw made, that on yeah, twitter actually a vince hilaire t-shirt and a, and a jim mm. cannon t-shirt. and I, I wish i was old enough to have seen those guys i understand that they're legends but i never saw him play you know um but it's fun like th- for me it's like weird characters sometimes like, i've loved aki rihalai yeah he was just, he seemed such a cool guy in every interview he was always he always had he wore his heart on his sleeve on the pitch. I was, I was always a big, big fan of that for some reason. But um, yeah. uh, there's Do you have two a favorite current player as well. Uh, at the moment, I'm loving Balassi. Is that how you say his name, Balassi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's him. He, I just I was I was at the Cardiff game and it just he just didn't stop. Every time he got the ball, he just went forward. When I think yeah. about the times, I mean, KG's really changed the season as well. But like, his, when he was when he first joined us, it was just he seemed to be fit into that perfect mould of Palace midfielders who just play the ball sideways <laughs> or backwards. <laughs> no. But Lassie, every time he got it, bang, head down, straight forward. Really positive. And I'm liking the look of Delaney as well. Um, mm. he's, he's marshalling things back there. Blake looks comfortable. I don't yeah. know. I, I've, just, I've never been more optimistic. It's just, for me, it's just about keeping the team together now. Johnny Williams as well, I should say, is something yeah. else, man. I had this weird thing last season where I was actually happy he broke his leg. Not for him, obviously, <laughs> personally, but like yeah, yeah. people would have started talking about him like they talk about Wilf, you know? You know when you speak to non-Palace fans, all they ever talk about yeah. is, oh, have you still got that guy, that young guy? Oh, they, no one knows about Johnny Williams still because we get such bad press. <laughs> no. no one knows about him and he, that dude is the future and, and nobody knows except yeah. us. Exactly. He's amazing. He's oh, he's the nicest, nicest lad in the world. It's just so I met, quiet um, and shy as well. I met him at the Player of the Year, and you know, I was feeling a bit uh, as you do when you meet meet your heroes. You know, I was a bit like uh, I don't know, shy or whatever to to go and say hello. And when I met him, he was like, he was so qu- he was like a child, and you forget yeah. these guys are kids. They're kids, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, when you're watching it on TV, even though you're older than them a lot of the time. Yeah. You, you you know you you see them as these big men, these big powerful men, and then you meet them. Jesus, yeah, the kids, man. You see it in his eyes. He was just so happy to be praised. Like I was like, Jesus, this <laughs> is a great right. guy. Great guy. It, it was actually a sad day for me when Teddy Sheringham retired because he was the last footballer that was older than me in the Premiership that I can remember. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> that was a sad day for me. <laughs> the dream is gone. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a part of all of us, isn't there, that thinks, yeah. you know what, get, get in shape this time next year, you never know, we go for yeah. some trials. <laughs> yeah, it's still there, it's so sad, it really is. You should have oh. seen us at the um, Six Asides, uh, Doc, that was uh, uh, oh, yeah. quite an eye-opener, wasn't it, Chris? It was, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm quite, I was playing the Jan Mulby role, just the fat man <laughs> who stands in the midfield, I was doing quite, quite good at that. But, um, nice. Yeah. Um, Nick, did you have a follow-up question? You said you did. Um, I was, it was it was actually um, about Johnny Williams and the whole sort of community thing with Palace, the approachability mm. of everybody. It's, yeah. it's, that's what I've always liked about Palace, and I, it's a cliche family club and all that, but it's, yeah, it's it, it, I just it, it, feel it at home there. It is a cliche, you're right, but I, I've always felt welcome. I, I brought my kids to the Cardiff game, and they they, lo- they absolutely loved it, and they you know they felt so welcome as well. And and the, the family club thing is a cliche, but then at the same time, look at look at the ownership now, the way the way CPSC uh, uh, 2010 have come in, like you can talk to them, like literally, yeah. we could we could probably we could probably get Parish in, in on this this conversation now if we really tried. You know, it's like they're really open. They they respond to questions. And they've 
if, if it was a cliche before, it's less of one now because they've really bought into that concept, being the fans that they are. Uh, and and now we really are from top to bottom. We're we're like you say, we're approachable, we're contactable. You know, we're we're always talking, we're always trying to reach out. We've got an a, academy that it's the one one thing that everyone in football, everyone who's worth their salt in foot fans and and people who work in the game as well, they know about it. they know about us. Still, we don't get great press, but that's the other yeah. thing. Most people who don't know about Palace will ask after Zaha, "Are you still creating yeah. kids out your academy?" Hell yeah we are man and one of these days we'll have enough collateral and enough uh, uh, weight to not have to sell them all you know yeah absolutely but it's, I'm happy like Klein scored the other day for Saints I saw Moses bang one in I, that makes me happy man I'll be real yeah. I, I, li- I like seeing that yeah. taking us yeah, same taking man. us back you know I, I, I hope we got our makings of another kind of young team of the 80s kind of squad but um, where do you think we'll yeah, get I mean, this year how hard I don't, do you I reckon I think I think we, I, Palace. Obviously, it's a roller coaster ride every season, and I, I kind of, I've just grown to sort of accept that, and I kind of like it in a weird way. I, I hate, I hate a mid-table finish. However, I think, I, I think it's realistic to say we can make the playoffs, man. We, we just being Bolton and Cardiff. We never do that. We also, we never, we never ever come from two 0 behind either. Like, no, yeah, we're doing things that we never normally do, uh, and we've got the rubber of the green at the moment as well. Get a few. Pit- I just think there's a belief around the lads, and I think there's 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 some youngsters there who have not, no point of reference. They have no, they've not, nothing to fear, man. They've got mm. nothing to fear. I think the only thing that could defeat us now is is ourselves, the fans. Like by by like getting on the the, the team's back when things don't go so well. You know, we got yeah. this season. We've really got to just eradicate that, man, and then just to, just 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 stop the moaning for a bit because this this is an interesting project we got here. Young manager, yeah. Lenny Lawrence behind him, so a bit of experience there. The, the the signings all seem to make sense. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm looking at some Premiership clubs, some of the signings they made, and I still can't work out why the hell they made them. You know, <laughs> our signings they seem to make sense. Yeah. I think you know the be- even the bench looks kind of exciting at times. You know, thinking that's, oh we got options on the bench, we got options. That's, that's the thing for me. That's the most surprising thing now is looking at the bench and thinking we can actually change the game. You know, yeah. before you're looking at it and you're thinking, we've got like three defenders and an out of form striker. Calvin and, yeah, Calvin <laughs> Andrew, yeah. But like now it's yeah, it's it's very exciting. I'm I know what you're saying. You're you're uh, so I'm wary of people's expectations rising. And I'm also like yeah. I'm a bit wary of, of you know, what happens if we get a couple of injuries and stuff like that. But we look strong in strong in depth, but like like you say, for the first time in a long time, it's there's a lot to be excited about. Let's, and I've just noticed the time. I'm gonna gonna stop bothering now. One last question for you. Go on. Um, what, what's now for you? Obviously, you've got loads of experience in these other areas. You're sort of concentrating a bit on the acting at the moment, but yep, yep. so many strings in your bow, so to speak. So, what's next? Uh, well, I'm gonna take a break for a bit. I'm gonna I'm gigging here and there, but I'm gonna take a break from 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 TV and film for a bit. I'm working very hard on three different shows at the same time it was pretty tiring mm. um and i'm gonna use the next couple of months to uh to develop some of my own little ideas my little vanity projects uh stuff that i'm writing for television uh i'm i'm, I'm working on some new stuff with with ricky as well so i'm just gonna sort of take the next three months to to chill and write and to see my friends as well man like this yeah. is an anti-social job this you don't see your mates much and i've promised myself i'm gonna try and do a few away days as well uh, follow the follow the palace between now and Christmas as well, so that's another thing to 
to yeah. to add. Um, and uh, the rest of the rest of the time, I'm just working towards being invited onto the fucking Palace comedy show. You know, mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe I wasn't there. Yeah, that was a big omission there. Um, I mean, what the hell? Do, do, do you know Kev? Kev I do Dave? know Kev. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but obviously, 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 the relationship isn't quite as warm as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it was all for free, wasn't it? I wouldn't, it wouldn't even be your fee, would it? I don't know, would yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Oh well, Thanks, I'm not bitter. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no all right. Listen, thank you so much for talking to us, mate. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely try and catch up with you again soon if we can, if that's all right. Do it. Yeah, and then just let everybody know um, the, the website dotground.co.uk. You can see all the the live dates on there when I'm in your area and stuff like that. And if I don't see you there, I'll, I'll see you in a homestead. Fantastic. All right. Well, okay. thank you so much, mate. We'll catch up with you soon. Take Cheers. care, guys. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was the fantastic Doc Brown. You can watch him in Hunted on BBC One. That uh, starts Thursday, the 4th of October at 9pm. It's on BBC One and BBC One HD. Uh, as he said, visit his website for more information on, on his extensive CV of work. It's uh, www.docbrown.co.uk. Next up, it's News in Brief. I can't even hear it now. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Crystal Palace were the better side as they drew to Chelsea's under-21s 2-2 at Sellers Park last Monday night, leaving them joint bottom of the table. You can listen to the Man City game live on Homestyle Radio tomorrow night from 18.45 in the 24-hour clock or 6.45pm if you like to use the 12-hour version. I like the 12-hour version. Ex-Palace player Attilio Lombardo will be in charge of an esteemed City side. Up-and-coming South London male vocal group Rough Copy and the star guests of the CPFC family game against Burnley Clarets on Saturday the 6th. Um, the three-member boy band recently appeared on TV screens nationwide, auditioning for the X Factor and wowing the judges to pick up the four yes votes required. The boys are Croydon-based and are very excited about performing for their local team. Although the episode has not been aired yet, the boys expect to experience Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This was said to be a long one. They made it through to the judges' houses, but due to an issue regarding one member's visa, I had to withdraw from the competition. I've, got, I've never seen X, but I've got a clue. What, going to their houses, what's all that about? Before the, that, the boys had been one of the favourites for the final, and the disappointment will not stop them from getting rough copy out there. The club would like to inform supporters of upcoming roadworks and traffic management procedures that are scheduled to take place in close proximity to the stadium between September 2012 and May 2013. Please visit the official site for details. Palace boss Dougie Freeman has encouraged fans to get in touch with the club with suggestions on how we can all get more people down to Sellers Park to watch matches. If you have any suggestions, there are threads on both the Hull and the BBS to make sure your comments 
to so you can make your comments, sorry, or you can email the club directly by sending your message to info at cpfc.co.uk. Hooray! News in Brave. Zahar looking like Palace's most likely creator of something this evening. See the stars of tomorrow, today. Welcome back to our coverage of Liverpool versus Crystal Palace from Sellers Park in the Under-21 Development League. Plays it up the line to Alassane. Alassane now at half Down again. Well, all sorts of trouble with his control, isn't he, Alassane? Live commentary from all home development games, only on Homesdale Radio. Hey, uh, welcome back. Um, see, fantastic chat with Doc Brown there. Hopefully, there was a few little bits and pieces to do with Skype that didn't really help uh, the um, quality of the call. But hopefully, you heard most of it. And what a top bloke! Um, but let's look back at yesterday's win against Bolton. The first time, as I said earlier, we've beaten them uh, at the Reebok Stadium at all. I think it's the first win away to Bolton since about 1980 or something like that. So, um, something of an unexpected win. Um, Palace lined up, lined up with Julian Spronian goal as always. Um, we had Joel Ward coming at right back uh, with Johnny Parr starting at left back. Um, see Blake and Delaney, the centre-backs. Uh, Blassie started on the right-hand side. Uh, no, sorry, left-hand side. Uh, KG and Gar- uh, Jednak in midfield with Garvin just ahead. Zahar started out on the right and Glenn Murray started up top on his own. Um, the Bolton side was probably the first thing I wanted to talk about, really. If you, you start looking down there, obviously Bogdan in goal, and then they've got Tyrone Mears at right back, and then you've got Matt Mills and um, Zach Knight in centre-back positions, Stephen Warnock on loan at left-back, Chris Eagles, Keith Andrews, Mark Davis, Jay Spearing, David and Gorg, and Kevin Davis. Looked through that before the game and started thinking, you know, this, this is going to be a real test for us today. And Let's put it this way, it was a real test for us, absolutely. Um, but, uh, but a test we ended up passing. Uh, and I mean, just, I'm going to pick out the stats for, for, the, for the game. We'll talk in a bit of detail about the actual, you know, what happened during the match. But um, see, Palace had, I think, yeah, Palace had nine shots to Bolton's eight, but, but six of Palace's shots were on target. Uh, we had the slight shaded, slightly shaded possession with 51%, uh, and had eight corners to Bolton's four. And Frankly, we were we were the better side in the first half, and but for a, for a spell that Dougie described as a twenty minute spell in the second half, we were also the better side then. So this is a team that, you know, it's a near Premiership quality team on paper, and you know when we're going out in, in their own stadium and we're when we're out playing them, it's absolutely stunning, really. Um, well, I'm I'm not, go straight into talking about the first half. It wasn't a great first half to watch, to be honest with you. Uh, we played we played some good stuff at times, but I felt that we were um, certainly wasn't up to the sort of standard we we've seen in the last couple of games in terms of the, the quality of play. Because Bolton, obviously, you know, it's their ground. They're gonna they're gonna get stuck in. Uh, it was a couple of chances for Zaha, and there was an absolutely huge chance for for Glenn Murray to head into an basically, you know, he's completely free header in the centre of the goal. Uh, you can see it if you've seen the highlights. He's he's off kind of celebrating, um, and yeah, and obviously you noticed it's not really gone in. A um, couple of scrambled efforts for Bolton, but uh, Blake saving an absolutely certain goal with with Speroni off his line uh, with some heroic defending, and that kind of set the scene. Really, we got to half time at nil nil, and if I bring Ben in there, I think really, um, sort of nil nil. Ben, you'd have obviously been following the result. Um, you know, yeah. Well, would, would you, well, would you consider that a game? 
Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> you said you didn't go to the game. I was waiting for you to finish. No, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I didn't. I wasn't at the game. Obviously, I was. I was just home. Okay, Ben's John's cutting out. We might have to get rid of Ben. One of those Nick, games. Nick, bring you in. If I if I can, uh, I'll come in, shall I, Chris? Um, just a quick question about the yeah days, yeah something's uh, happening with Ben. They were haranguing the ref a bit at the end of the first half. Yeah. Um, so why say the story? Do you think Bolton? Do you think Bolton should have felt um, hard done by? Because I know David no, was no, haranguing the ref at the end of the first half. Yeah, I mean, to be honest about your connection, it's not great either. But no, uh, Bolton certainly weren't hard done by at all. I mean, I, I would have said if, if any team certainly going in on the end of that first half, um, well, uh, I mean, there's no chance Bolton does. I wouldn't say there's no chance of Bolton deserved to get to be ahead. You know, they they were unlucky at certain times uh, in specific incidents, but certainly Palace were the stronger. Um, can you repeat your question about Davis for me? Yeah, no, it was just he was haranguing the uh, the ref a bit at the end, and uh, at the end of the first half, I know there, were, there was quite a bit of pla- quite a few pla- Bolton players gathering round, according to the radio commentary. Yeah, was it, yeah. Um, a la Sheffield Wednesday, or was it just general moaning? Yeah, do, let's, do you know, you've absolutely hit on something I wanted to talk about because it was similar for the for the penalty later on that we'll get to. Um, and, and really, you're right that they were they were in the ref's face, and it's amazing to consider because basically the biggest problem with the referee in that game is that that he was not on top of the physical challenges that Bolton were putting in on our younger players. And yeah. it was much, much worse in the second half. But they, they had a couple of issues. They, they thought there was a handball. Um, well, basically, there's one they didn't claim for, where, where Blake, as I spoke about earlier, has charged down the ball. I think when he's charged it down, it's actually hit his, his arm that stand, that's on the floor, sort of thing, as, yeah. he, as he slid across to get it. I thought, you know, that I've seen them given. Um, but they thought there was a handball in, in one of the goal mouth scrambles. But it's a sort of handball, whether it was there or not, I don't, I don't know. And watching back the highlights, I still can't even see. But, but I think that's, that was the incident that seemed to roll them in that, in that first off. But for me, it, it wasn't there at all. And, and, you know, they got no real complaints. They, you know, they created a couple of chances and... If they'd put one away, they'd be ahead, and there's, there's no need for them to get sort of uptight about it. And I'd, I'd, yeah, I wasn't really sure what their complaint was, other than that they couldn't cope with Wolf Zaha. Uh, ben, I want to check if you're you're there now, and we can actually hear you. Hello. Yeah, can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear yeah, me? you're right. Yes. Good. Right. Um, oh, I was sort of asking you. What, I was asking you what you um what were your own feelings, basically from from obviously not being there, but but us getting to nil nil at half time. Were you? Sort of thinking, well, we can keep this going. I'll be happy with a point. Yeah, obviously, last week when when you look forward to these two games, and, and you know it's Bolton and Wolves, where you know they're very, very tough games. And and uh, I, mean, I looked at the games and thought, probably two points I'd, I'd take from that. Just if we don't lose in the thin, I'll, I'll be happy. And then when you go go in at half time, I was sitting in front of the telly. I was I was like biting. I was it was really nerve wracking because you know that Bolton are a team that that could make a goal easily, and it's it's just typical Palace, isn't it, to go into that second half and you concede early or concede very late when we can't get back into the game. So it was it was worrying. But when we saw when I saw with Nick that goal, I, I was ecstatic to be honest. I was jumping around because I knew how big a result it was, and it really shows how far we've come in the last few weeks. Really, it wasn't even the start of the season. Obviously, we had a really bad start. How far we come in September? Really, to, to, yeah. to get three points at Bolton. Um, Nick, you wanted just, to come in can there? Can I just make a point? I'd make a point with with Ben's uh, comment there. Typical Palace. I mean, we've all we all suffer from saying typical Palace. Um, just you know, to help def- us not be too deflated if we do um, end our winning sequence. But actually, I think typical Palace is now 
attacking teams and going for it rather than losing games and you know I think that's what's changed and it's not mm. typical Palace anymore it's 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 a completely different, different way See, of doing things interesting altogether. point interesting point you're making because actually this is something that I'd like us to potentially get some contact in from people really um, there's well two things really first is is the attitude of, of that we currently have that we've really got to change and I know well, funny enough, Doc Brown was talking about it as well. This, this whole thing that we kind of we always fearing the worst, aren't we? Like we always think, yeah. We've had this. We got to forty-five minutes at nil-nil, and we like, oh, it's typical Palace. We should have scored. We should, like Murray should have put that chance away. So blatantly, we're gonna you know go and go and concede one in that second half. Um, but but that's not the way this team works. It's not the way that this team plays. And we we have got to have more belief. And it's it's really hard. It's really hard to shift your mindset. Um, Shall I mean, we um, officially make the whole radio.net a, a glass, glass half full station from now on then? Rather than yeah, well, we can, we can try, but the trouble is we've got certain presenters who won't, simply won't allow that. <laughs> so, um, no, we like, listen, we like to cover our full range of opinions. If you've got your own opinions on uh, Palace fans' attitudes to, to games, you know, are, are we learning a lesson? Are we, you know, or, or should we carry on being cautious? Should we carry on fearing the worst to, to avoid disappointment? What, what do you think? Uh, you can tweet us, it's at whole radio, HOL radio, or email us radio at homestale.net. Um, and I'll hopefully we'll get to some of that. We've got a few messages, I think, um, backing up anyway, but we'll, um, yeah, we'll, we'll come to those a little bit later on. Um, I mean, yeah, so, so let's, let's sort of talk second half. Second half, we came out, um, and, and you fear, and you f- sort of fear that at that point, which, as, we, as we're saying, that the Bolton are going to come back into it. And to be fair, they're the team at home, the fans. You know, or obviously they're at, their fans are quick to anger. It's real, only the real noise that they actually made because um, they're expecting to beat Palace, and that, that's and we got that attitude. For, uh, funny enough, earlier on that we're noticing a tweet from from um, Bolton uh, Bolton Twitter account saying we should be beating teams like Palace, and it's well, not really, not on the form that we're in. Um, we, we you know we, we were a superior team, so but I mean, look. We, we're under it. We're under it for about twenty minutes or so, and we yes, we Dougie said it as well. We rode our luck a little bit, shall we say? But uh, I think Delaney has made such a huge difference in in that back line. Um, just you know, putting his body on the line and just making sure people are in the right positions. And we defended as a team. And when you've got um, an outlet in in Wilf Saha, who is just getting better game by game, it's it's frightening some of the stuff he was doing to Bolton, and they must feel sick. Obviously, Bolton put in quite a large bid for him um that was refused well quite a large by their estimation certainly not by ours um so and you know he was the standout player on the pitch but um but yeah they, they put us under quite a lot of pressure to be quite honest with you um nick i'll bring you in at this point just just a question about the defense you're playing so well and um okay a couple of minor hiccups against cardiff which we've already been over in a previous show but can you see paddy getting his place back so yeah that is a Really good question. Um, I I believe that as as skipper of the side and as a someone who's, you know, basically the reason Paddy being out is the reason we've gone and got Damien Delaney, and it's the, you know it's the reason we've gone and got Danny Gabadon, um, and it's the reason we've gone and got Darcy Blake. Blah blah blah. Could it have been why we had such a bad season last season at the end of the season? Could that have been the, the uh, missing piece? No Paddy, and suddenly it all clicks. Or am I just being devil's advocate to make well, <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, exactly. No, look, mate, I, look, I, I, to answer the, to answer the question, I believe Paddy and Delaney would be a fantastic partnership myself, but, 
Um, we're delaying his rumour to be off to the, U- the US if unless we can convince him otherwise. Um, what's that and if for? that happens, say again? What's, what, what's that for, Chris? Uh, why is he going there? Uh, to play football. Oh, what? Do we know who for? Uh, no, we don't, no. No, I don't think it's been, been said what, what he's actually... Are we take- swapping in with um, Beckham? Yes, that's what's happening. Okay, Good. you heard it here first. Home radio exclusive. <laughs> but, um... No, no. If I can just jump in there really quickly, Chris. Hopefully, the performances that Damien Delaney's putting in, the passion that he's showing, you know, proves that that he does enjoy playing at Palace and that he is enjoying it. I don't see why he wouldn't, especially when we're on a form like this. Hopefully, that alone. Obviously, if you dug in there, hopefully that's enough to to convince him that Palace is the club for him. Well, yeah, you you certainly see there's there's no shortage of. of joy on his face when we win games, and there's no shortage of commitment. It was far from it, in fact. But yeah. he, yeah, you know, he's. he's I, th- I think when you're playing in a winning team and you're playing in a team that's enjoying, you know, going out on the pitch and playing the ninety minutes and uh, getting results and have a togetherness, which is re- really nice to see. Even even when they have a little moan at each other, like we had um, Murray and Zaha sort of having a ma- massive row just before the, the goal because Wilf didn't cross. Uh, to to Garvin or to to Murray when when better placed and he had a shot, but I mean you know it it's just it's fantastic this competition for places but everyone seems on board and I, I think you're right I think it'd be I'd be amazed if if Delaney's not having second thoughts but you don't know the club that he that has spoken to him and the package they're putting him on I'm sure you know we're not paying him a huge sum of money um I'm, you know I'm, he, he he's made a big big difference to this club and you have to laugh when you if you read back and any Ipswich forums with them when we've signed him and they're sort of basically slating us. Oh, you know they're consigning Same with Belassi, isn't it? It is like Belassi, but I, I said at the time with Belassi when when you go to Bristol City uh, and they've got a song about a player who's you know not played many games for them, but they're singing a, an offensive song because he put because he wanted to leave. You know that that's not because he's rubbish. You know it's because he, they actually really wanted him to hang around. Uh, you know, he'd been he'd been he'd taken the number seven shirt off of Marvin Elliott, uh, you know, who was the Bristol City captain, and so clearly there was a, a very much a plan in place for Blatting, and you can see why. And I know uh, Doc Brown talked about him and about him being, you know, a really great player to watch. And what I think Blatting's brought to the team more than anything is 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 not only that attacking intent intent that we talked about, but it's just the balance the balance of having someone. You could just take that pressure off of Wilf, and when you see you see what Wilf was doing to people, he ended up uh, uh, with four players on him at one stage, and they still couldn't take the ball off him. It's you know, he but, was unbelievable. Sorry, um, the, the the criticism on the radio with um, Zaha um, was um, the fact that he wasn't getting he was doing one trick too many, and and there was one one point where he didn't. He beat the man once, and then got the ball in, but the the forwards and the midfielders coming in were so surprised. That he'd done it first time. They've just been holding back, waiting for the, yeah. the second and third trick. And I know. You know I know the uh, incident. You're, I know the incident you're talking about, actually. Because um, it was a perfect ball, apparently. It was a fantastic cross. drilled cross. It really, really was good. Um, and yeah, uh, is there a time where Johnny Williams had come onto the pitch and and he was pretty, probably closest to it with Murray just in a slightly deeper position? And I just yeah, um, I, I I have a difficult time with the the criticism of Zaha because. I think it's because if you if you try and apply apply a little bit of logic to it, if you look at um, 
if he if, if every time he was in the positions he gets himself into, he pl- he took the right decision, as in he played a perfect cross to Murray's head, or you know he took that shot on at the right time. You you know we've got twenty goals a game for God's sake. It's not <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> doesn't make it's, I got, my brain says it can't possibly happen, and that people are judging him too harshly, and that in the majority of cases is the person out wide is going to get a defender get a block on the cross and I think he gets harshly judged because yes he does that step to one, once too many but if he hadn't done it he still the cross still wouldn't have gone he would have been blocked that sort of thing and, and I sort of take the, the one where him and Murray had a little bit of a falling out on the pitch over it um, in, in this game in the second half um, Wilf had done the hard work and got himself a little bit of space and you had Garvin on the back post completely unmarked and you had Murray in the centre with, with a defender well behind him and I thought that point, um, and, and that was the point to get across him, but he held onto the ball and, and sort of took it back. But like when I watched it back on the highlights, it was really obvious that Wilf actually had to try and get the cross in past three people. And, and I, don't think, I don't think that's all, always appreciated, if that makes sense. Um, apparently I might be cutting in and out, but, um, but, but meh, we're not completely sure. It might I think it's my possibly end, apparently. Uh, it's fine. It's possibly Nick's end. We're having a few little technical wobbles here, but possibly you're not experiencing any of them. So apologies for cutting short there. So, but yeah, that's that's my point, Nick. I don't think, I don't think the criticism of Wilf Zaha is always completely fair. Um, he's young; he'll learn. Yeah, but I don't know, well, which, let's let's say if if uh, if it is a case of him learning, when he does learn, my God, are we going to score a lot of goals? <laughs> you know, they'll be queuing Lurgy. up waiting. Was it an obvious penalty? I haven't actually seen the replay of the um, of the, of the goal well, of the football league show. Was he? You know, no, um, not in my view. Look, I at the time, um, the, I'd say the angle I had, and I think most of us probably had because of where we were positioned in the, the stand, was was just straight on looking at it, looking at as Wilf went past Knight and looking at Knight. Knight all game had been. He's very, you know, he's got very long, gangly legs that he sort of seems to stretch out from nowhere and, and nick the ball away. A little bit like Gardner sort of did for us last season. You'd always get that last-minute challenge in. So he'd he'd been doing that a lot and been getting them right. So I knew, I think Wilf, Wilf's an intelligent player more more so than people get give him credit for. And he knew that that was going to happen. He knew that once he went past Zat Knight, once he'd got himself free of the fullback, got past Zat Knight, he knew that Knight was going to put a challenge rather than try and force him wide. So Wilf uses his pace, knocks it past, and the leg comes out. In my view, there's no contact at all, and Wilf has just simply waited for the right moment and just dropped to his knees. Like that was how I viewed it then, and it, and it seemed to me like I, I said it on the Twitter account. I said, you know, uh, Wilf failed in the box brackets dive. So I called it a dive at the time. That's what I felt. Having seen it back, I think the actual top part of Knight's leg actually makes contact with Wilf. Um, so, and he sh- well, either way, the, the, he's stepped across him and he shouldn't have done so. He's an experienced defender. He's played a lot of Premier League football. It's a penalty. The, um, the um, encouraging thing is, uh, last time we had an Ippy player who kept getting us lots of penalties was Andy Johnson. We went up that season. So, yeah, yeah we've had a lot of penalties. Had a lot of penalties. And there was a Stonewall last week that wasn't given. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, so we're causing a lot of problems in the box. How long do you think... Um, Wilf will get a kind of uh, diving tag like uh, Johnson began to get. Yeah, yeah, he's already got it amongst certain um, se- sections of opposition support. So, well, um, all of them. <laughs> yeah, all of them. 
Uh, certainly Brighton fans and Millwall fans have been saying it for some time. But um, look, I, I, it's, there's no doubt in my mind that he does um, anticipate challenges. He does put himself in the positions to, to, to invite a challenge. And, and why not? It's part of the game in some ways. He doesn't have to make the challenge. He's got very quick feet. I mean, if you sort of look at the other end of the scale with, with, with John Williams. Williams does similar things. He, you know, he yeah. runs into certain areas, uses the fact he's got quick feet. He, you know, he probably takes a few more kicks uh, than Wilf does while running, although Wilf takes plenty. But, but the, the, they're two guys who are quick, got very intelligent, they're good with both feet when dribbling. They, they're going to get these things, and they're not yeah. the only ones now. You've got Moritz who's like it. You've got Balassi who's like it. And that's what's making such a huge difference for us. And, and we are getting a lot of penalties. And because it's being spread around, it's like Wilf's only, I think, one, two of them. We talk about, I can see what you're talking about with the similarity with that, the AJ situation. But Wilf has only won two of those penalties. They've, they've come from various different uh, areas. There's you know, been two handballs, I think. And, but we've, we've had an inordinate, inordinate, uh, inordinate number of penalties, certainly. I think uh, we're making you, up for all that time we missed being in the opposition box last season. But, you know, <laughs> that's a good shout, actually. It's, it well, I've had, I've had people say to me over the last few days, oh, Palace, you so many penalties. But that's just completely not the case because if you think about the past, all the times that we haven't had penalties for ages, I think we are just making up for it now, aren't we? Yeah, we are. We are. You're right, Ben, yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I do worry. I do worry that referees will pick up on it you know that they, they do yeah, that it's in the subconscious isn't it like you know they've yeah. been given a few penalties in the last few games maybe I shouldn't have given that or maybe I won't give it next time no, but. yeah yeah it's, it is it's, yeah and, and it's starting to be picked up in the media it's um, it is how it is you know I just I don't know I worry about it I worry that we will start to see some real clear penalties um, missed out on but there we go no such. Uh, anyway look we've um, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna uh, hang hang around for too much longer. To be honest with you, we're gonna have a real quick look at look ahead to the um, to the Wolverhampton and Burnley games, but uh, not dwell is that on the um, Moulinex Stadium. <laughs> yes, it is at the Moulinex Stadium. I was <laughs> convinced it was the Moulinex Stadium for years when I was little. Not in my adulthood, no, my adulthood. Let me be clear, but it was always <laughs> the Moulinex. Fair enough, mate. Um, look, but anyway, look. Let's let's get let's let's round off the Bolton game. We're just saying, obviously, we won the game one 0 We scored we scored that penalty. We've we deserve to win. Uh, it's looking extremely promising for us. We're I think tenth still in the league after the Derby Forest game today with a win for Derby. Um, so fantastic stuff, really. Um, very very positive. So we go we go to Wolves, who are obviously you know they're they're a good side. Freshly relegated, like Bolton were, but we go there with plenty of optimism. Um, going to go through Wolves' last few results, and I'll have a quick chat with Ben about the players we should be looking out for, uh, and then we'll do the same with Burnley and and, let, and we'll get the hell out of it. Uh, <laughs> Wolves, uh, I think that the last game out was a one nil win against Sheffield Wednesday, who have really struggling since we beat them. Uh, they also lost six nil in the cup to Chelsea. Uh, they beat Peterborough 2 0 and Ipswich 2 0. So they've not had that tough a run. Uh, struggling Sheffield Wednesday team, uh, bottom of the league at the time, Peterborough, and second bottom of the league at the time, Ipswich. Um, so not, not that too not too hard. And the only hard game they had, they lost 6 0. So plenty to be optimistic about. Um, but Ben, who, who, what players should we be looking out for? Yeah, it was Sacco that scored that goal um, against Sheffield Wednesday, and he's got three for the season. Then Sylvani Banks Blake's got four. So obviously neither of those are as good as Murray's six, but I guess we can't all be. Can't all be as good as, as Glenn Murray is. Um, one thing 
Elakobi as well has been just been ruled out for the season. He's fractured and dislocated his ankle, which doesn't sound too nice. That might be a, a blessing for Palace that, that he's not playing. I've um, it's it's been really weird. I've, as we've got better, I've, I've seen the last few matches we're playing teams that are slightly better than the ones before. Do you know what I mean? And I've said, oh, this will be a real test for us. This will tell tell us if we're making progress. And and we beat Sheffield Wednesday. And okay, Forest are going to be a slightly harder test. And we all right, we were unlucky not to win that one. And then with the Cardiff game coming back, and then Bolton seems just a slightly bigger test. And I think Wolves is going to be kind of like the top of the list and if we if we could beat them then you know we're going to push well I mean they're sitting pretty in third in the league and they say it's obviously going to yeah. be a very very tough game but hopefully hopefully yeah we can we can carry on what we've been doing over the last well, over the whole of September really and, and take that into October and, and get a win tomorrow yeah do you think um, sorry, talking of, Tuesday sorry are we going to um, talking of the whole of September is Doggy going to get the doomed manager of the month award or should we no, give it to somebody got, else he's got it really any nick I, I can't see that there's any other candidate for it at the moment I mean it's been a massive turnaround and I, I, talk, I wrote about in, in this subject funny enough well not the manager of the month subject the, the games sort of that we've been facing I wrote about that subject in the whole radio blog that's wholeradio.net forward slash blog um, if, you if you haven't read it do read it and um we, I talked about the fact that there was a thread on on Homestale that said um, next four games we could get we could get legitimately get naught points and how would you react sort of thing and well we're three games into those four and we've got seven out of nine points and it's that goes to show you that the kind of mentality that that we you know we're, we've all got to deal with it if we if we'd got sort of maybe maybe if you look at those four games the four hard games which Forest Cardiff um, Bolton and Wolves. If we'd drawn them all, we'd be. I'd have been. I'd have been happy, and we'd have had four points. And we'd <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely. I think we can legitimately get legitimately get excited, can't we? Isn't that all right? It's all right to do that. I think. Um, I'm excited, yeah. Chris. I'm very excited. It's it's such a pleasure to be a Palace fan again, and we we bloody deserve it. We've gone through enough crap lately, and even if Brighton, you know, do seem to be doing quite well, we'll sort them out. Yeah, we'll yeah. I've. I've yeah, I think, and I get the feeling we need to do it this season if we're going to hold this exciting squad together. Because I can see if we don't convince them to stand for one more season, might be a bit difficult. No, I completely agree. I think, well, certainly the the likes, of, well, certainly Zaha is. If we're going to have Maritz any as well, Moritz, yeah, I suppose, yeah, he's, he, yeah. Well, Moritz has taken what four? He's getting paid four times less than he was in Turkey. So obviously, it's a big thing for him to be here. So he'll he'll want success, won't he? He, he will, but at the same time, you only have to look at what he's been saying since he's joined Palace. Yeah, definitely, he loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's all the players who have sort of joined seem to have fitted in well and, and talked positively about the environment. So it's, it's it's very very exciting times because we've got competition for places. Um, we've got our, you know our captains out injured, but other than that, we we've got a fit squad that are. That pretty much on fire, and it's it's happy days for Palace. And I do agree with Nick. We've obviously got Brighton to sort out, and I, and I think we'll do that. Um, I'm looking forward. Like I hate to, well, I'm going to bring it up anyway. But <laughs> if you look at our next couple of games, if we manage to get a result against Wolves, beat them, we manage to beat Burnley. I I would be willing to bet that a win against Millwall in the next game would put us top. Wouldn't it be great to beat Millwall to go top of the oh league? Right, then to go bottom. Yeah, and send them bottom. Yeah, maybe. potentially, yeah. But those are the sort of things you start dreaming of, and it's so nice to be doing that right now. It really is. So, positive times. But 
Glass half full. Glass half full. Glass half full, yeah. Yeah, Gel will be absolutely going mental listening to this. Um, let's, uh, talking of Burnley, uh, let's have a quick chat about them. They uh, drew 2-2 with the aforementioned Millwall um, at the weekend, uh, weekend yeah. Uh, lost 3-1 to Swindon in the Cup. Uh, managed to beat Derby, which is, you know, Derby are an up-and-down sort of side. Uh, beat them 2-1. But lost 2-1 to, to Leicester, who have been doing some good things of late. So, I mean, they're, they're an inconsistent side, obviously managed by Eddie Howe, who was the uh, first choice above Dougie for the for the Palace job, as we were aware of. And eventually, Are we still going on about that? Can we drop that now? It's <laughs> in gold talk if you want to see it. It's just an observation. Um, I know, but you know, I think news. things turned out for the best for us. So I'm sure most yes, people. Yes, they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, obviously, yeah, they're they're an inconsistent team, and and I I'm now maybe this is an example of the expectation rising, but I'm expecting us to turn them over at Celeste. I really am. Uh, but Ben, they've got some dangerous players. Yeah, we spoke about consistency. They're leaky as well. I mean, they they beat Bolton two 0 in the first game of the season, and since then they haven't kept a clean sheet. So. So it's, it's likely that we'll score, if I'm honest. But they score goals as well. Uh, Charlie Austin's got 11 goals so far this season, which is pretty incredible. That's eight in the league and then three in the League Cup. And then the next top scorer after that has two. So there's a, a massive difference. And uh, they've got a player called Ben Mee, which is funny because me and I'm I'm Ben. Carry on. That, that is funny. You're right, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is he ex-Millwall? Anyway, I don't know. But yeah. Ben yeah. Mee, shake me any way you want me, eh? No. I need <laughs> That was a joke for the older listeners. I'm sure they're rolling around laughing at it now. Um, yes, hopefully well, none of them are driving because they would surely have crashed <laughs> with mirth. Thank you very much for that, Nick. Um, right, guys. Well, look, we've looked, we've looked at those in <laughs> incredible detail. Let's have a quick chat about what we think the results will be, starting with Wolves. Can you get your predictions, please, Nick? Wolves away. Palace 1-0. Oh. Uh, Benjamin? I'll take a one now. Um, but wait, 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 wait. Mikey, what? I heard something. Mm, he's not going to repeat it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, one for 25-3. Okay, I, I assume that's the Palace. But um, Ben, what was yours? Um, obviously, I'll, t- I'll take that one now every day of the week. But if I'm being realistic, well, I, th- I reckon one all would be a fantastic result. And, and I'll take that. So one all, yeah. yeah. Three nil Palace. Um, Burnley. <laughs> Burnley game I believe oh, I've told you before I believe uh, Nick um, well a few years ago my son correctly predicted the 5-0 um, so Will what's the score against Burnley going to be next week he doesn't know I'll say 4-1 four, four, <laughs> four, <laughs> to Burnley <laughs> well, no to Palace even, Palace even <laughs> what has happened <laughs> Jesus Christ the most hated right, Burnley Nick, okay you just yes, all right. Yeah, okay, yes, right. Ben, what was your prediction for the Burnley game? Um, oh, that's a tough one. They got Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow, so I think they'll lose that. So I think they'll, they'll be on a bit of a low, and I think we'll be on a high. So three 0 Palace. Right. I was going to take mine, so it's going to be four 0 Palace. Um, okay. Um, I've just noticed a prediction come in from young Matthew Packham, uh, and he has said. La, 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 la. I don't know what he said. I've lost it. Someone help me out. Alex, on the Twitter account, are you there? Yeah. Um, he put 1-0 versus Wolves and 2-1 versus Burnley. I assume that's to us. Yeah. Yeah, I would hope so. Good stuff. All right. I'm um, talking of you, Alex. We haven't really spoken to you today. You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm hanging in here. 
It's good. Um, you got a an email for us, I believe, and I could cut maybe one other comment if you can. <laughs> I do. I have one email from Dennis from Sydney. He says uh, he loves the show. He listens to the podcast each week. He's been a Palace fan since the age of ten, since Ian Wright and Mark Bright days. Uh, he hasn't been this excited about Palace in a while. Hope we can aim for the playoffs this year. Come on, Palace. That's good stuff. Well, first of all, great that you listen uh, from always in Sydney there, Dennis, and thanks for the kind comments. Um, and obviously you can probably tell from the way we've been talking, we, we couldn't agree more about how exciting things are. And as for aiming for the playoffs, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping we can aim higher. Um, certainly I want us to finish above Brighton and I've got the feeling that doing so would result in automatic promotion this year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, one more on that subject, a word of caution, in fact, in, in, um, in there, Alex, if you can. Yeah, from Rootsy9, he says, it's one brilliant month, we can't get too ahead of ourselves. Palace is always a roller coaster ride, which I think has been a bit by a humbug. But. It is. If you can't get excited now, when can you? But in fairness, guys, he's probably right, isn't he, Nick? Yeah, glass half full, but I've had a bit <laughs> swig. It's getting emptier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, what the hell? No, I, like I say, you're probably right, Rootsy. But I, I'm determined, determined to enjoy it. Um, a few more other bits and pieces I'm going to pick up on myself. Uh, Lee Ward, who I, you know, I was standing with up at Bowen. Hope you're right, Lee. Uh, he says yesterday was more prof- more of a professional performance of getting the job done rather than a great performance. Delaney and Blake were immense, but uh, but right time one on the day. Right. The right side one on the day, I'd imagine. Yeah. Right team, team. Must, yeah, thank right you. Team. Right team, well done. So that's your auto correctly. Yeah. How, how differently did we play against um, Bolton? I mean, is Dougie really doing his homework, a la Don Revy, in the, with his Leeds team on each yeah, team? Yeah, you know that's yeah again good good topic really. Um, he, I saw an interview with him. Well, I can't remember exactly where it was, but he was talking about the fact that he he already knew the team and the system he'd play against Bolton and he already knew the team and the system he'd pick against Wolves and he, you know he's two games ahead if you like and yeah two or three he said uh, it was a post match he was talking about the Cardiff game thinking about that two weeks before the Sheffield Wednesday game and yeah you know. yeah so i mean it's starting to really come through how just how, how detailed the preparation is so yeah it was a different type of performance um and i think you've got to say it, it, Although, again, yes, we were, were lucky at times to keep the ball out of the net. It was just down to heroic defending rather than any specific luck, I think. It was, there was nothing where, where Bolton were... Bolton had, had spells of pressure, but they didn't convert the chances because we didn't let them rather than them making mistakes, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, yeah, it was a different sort of performance. A um, couple more predictions for you. Uh, Lawrence Hill just says win-win. For um, Wolves and Burnley, uh, Stephen Rodin says one nil Palace for Wolves, and um, yep, yeah, two one Palace against Burnley. I think, or oh, mm, that's confusing. Um, and James Houston says uh, win against Wolves, draw against Burnley. So uh, there we go. That's um, I think that's your lot for today. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and I think we will head off now. And we'll be back tomorrow for the um, under twenty one. Uh, uh, development game against Manchester City so join us from around 6.45pm for that Uh, all things going well Um, other than that we'll be back Sunday
the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.